is the Big Church Podcast. How is everyone doing in this place this morning? How are you doing online out there this morning? I know y'all are hooping and hollering right now. But we are so glad to be here this morning and, and just be a part of what God's doing in Louisville, Kentucky, and what he's doing in this church, and not just in this church, but in what he's doing in the lives of families and people in this church. That's so amazing and so good. But February is considered the month of love, right? It's all about relationships. It's about Valentine's Day. It's about Cupid and hearts and we're excited to start a new series today. I get the privilege of kicking this off. A new series called Waiting, Dating, Marrying, and Everything in Between. So we're going to talk about a lot of things over the next five or six weeks. But um, next Sunday, in case you guys didn't know, I didn't have to say this to the ladies. In case you guys didn't know, next Sunday is Valentine's Day. Yeah. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Y'all should be more excited about that, you know. The romantic that I am, you know, I take, I love Valentine's Day. I'm getting a bad look here. I better just keep going on. But Valentine's Day is usually about flowers and candy and just making that special someone in your life. But I got, can I make a suggestion? Can we get Valentine's Day somewhere around in June? Come on, May or June? Because I told her this weekend, I said, honey, you know, it's going to be, Next Sunday is Valentine's Day, so we could do it maybe Friday or Saturday. I said, but it's going to be like three degrees next weekend. And she loves the cold weather, very sarcastic. No, she hates cold weather, so she's like, I'm okay to stay home. We'll just cook something right here, and we don't have to go nowhere. And I was like, hallelujah. But often we hear this. We, we often hear, how's your love life? We have to, you know, a lot of times we say, I have found my true love, and they are really the love of my life, which is the one sitting on the front row up here, the love of my life. Get my brownie points in before Valentine's Day. We, need, we seem to know what love means, but do we know how to define it? And even if we can define it, we still ask concerning God's love, how do I accept this love? I don't really understand this love or God's love is unconditional? What's that supposed to mean? Do you know why we ask those questions? It's because human love is, well, human love. It's unpredictable. It's conditional. It's changing. And it's very fickle. That's why we have a hard time grasping what God's love is. The title of my message today is The Cost of Love. Love requires, number one, a choice. The Bible says we are to love one another. That sounds pretty good, but can we really do it? Sometimes, listen to me, y'all. Sometimes it's hard enough to love someone in your own family. Can I get an amen? Like Cousin Eddie, never mind. You know who I'm talking about. That person in your family you have a hard time loving. One guy told his wife, said, if you really loved me, you would have married someone else. I would have never said that, but even church people can be difficult to love. Can I get an amen on that one? We sing the old chorus of the song. I'm so glad we're a part of the family of God. Then you are sitting next to someone. You're saying, I don't even know how you got into this family. 
Come on, we're being real this morning. You know what I'm talking about? Like, how can you have your hands up in the air? You know who you are. But why is it hard? You know why it's hard? Because people are irritating. People are annoying. Not any of you all, of course. People are needy. People are work. And lives are messy. You want to do something? You become a pastor, you'll find out how messy lives are. And how you have to help get them back together. Our love is very conditional. Love is not loving those who can love you back. Luke 6.32. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. It goes on to say further on down, it says, I want you to love your enemies. Oh, that's a good one, right? Love those. It, says, it goes on to say, do good, hoping for nothing in return. So many times we want to give our love out, but yet we want something in return. You know what I'm talking about? I'll do this for you, but you have to do this for me. Sometimes love is just being there and being for someone that you're not working about nothing in return. Love is not loving those who fit your mold. If you only can accept someone that fits your love, then you need to remember who you used to be. Come on, you can fit my mold, but, but, but you're not quite measuring up. But a lot of times we forget who we used to be or who you still may be. Oh, I'm about to step on some toes in here this morning. It's not our job to change people. It's our job to love people through their changes. A lot of times what we got to do is we have to assume the best in people. Don't focus on their failures. We live in a very negative world, right? We live in a world, I mean, you watch the news and, and 30 minutes news, there's 26 minutes of nothing but bad, and sometimes they'll throw a little sunshine there at the last, but it's a very negative place that we live in. And so many times we want to focus on the failures of others. Well, you see what they did and, and what they did. And, and she did something a while back called the mirror. Sometimes you hold that mirror out when you should have the microscope. microscope. Magnifying glass. Mess that one up. We, no, no, help me out. It was good. We magnify what everybody else is doing. We're always trying to point the finger and we're always trying to show how, good, how bad they are. But yet we should get the mirror sometimes and look at who we are. Messed that up, baby, but I made up for it. You got to understand that no one's hopeless. You got to never give up. So many times in people's lives, we just want to say, can I just help you with this morning? There's going to be somebody walk in this church one day. And you're going to go, I never thought I'd ever see them in church. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing that you're going to love. It may be somebody in your family that you've been praying for to get into church. Nobody is hopeless. Never give up. John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this. You will be known by this all. We will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It's important how we act. It's important how we react to people and situations around us. Can I get an amen? amen. The Bible says love your neighbor. Don't treat the waitress like a dog when she's got 16 tables she's trying to wait on. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. Give her a little bit of, or him a little bit of, uh, of grace when they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Road rage. Please do not have Jesus. I love Jesus bumper sticker and the fish that's on it right there. Please don't do that and give everybody the universal sign of love. I'm not going to do it. Don't do it. Because all, you're not showing who God's love is. Do we, Chris Brown, do we wear a mask or do we not wear our mask? This is a, I, I'm not getting political this morning, so hush it up. Do we wear our mask or do we not? We talked about this in men's group. We wear our mask because we love our neighbor. There's times when I don't want to wear my mask. There's times when all that kind of comes up in me. They can't make me do anything. You know what? I'm going to do what I want to do. Come on. But then I have to start thinking of what is it to someone else? And sometimes the things that we do is not just for us. It's for someone else. Social media. Oh, do we like to just tear people up on social media? Do we like to just go to town on people and just, oh, it's just terrible. But a friend of mine, Doyle Maton, if you're watching, he said something the other day in a post. He said, can't we, even if we disagree, can't we just be friends? Yes. And I wrote at the bottom, I said, in my best Chris Rock, can't we all just get along? Can't we all just get along? Even if we don't feel the same way or we don't act the same way, because God says you are fearfully and you are wonderfully made. He didn't make us all to be the same. Jesus spent a lot of time with the common folk, with the outcasts, with the non-religious folk. And he spent a lot of times rebuking the religious folks, if you remember here in the Gospels. Love is being there for someone who may hurt you. Because people will hurt us. But guess what? You're probably going to hurt somebody else too. Love isn't being perfect. It's loving the imperfect. Remember, you've been hurt. You've been forgotten. No, because you've hurt someone or you forgot someone and you've been lied to and you've even been hated on. You needed someone to love you. You needed someone to be there for you. So you need to be the love for someone else when you needed it. Come on. The Bible says, you know, you get what you... That was a great Bible quote, Pastor Rich. I'm going on because I couldn't. I had it in my brain. It went off. Love is long-suffering Love is getting pushed out of your comfort zone. Love is stepping out into something you're just not really comfortable doing. We're celebrating not only Love Month, but this is Black History Month too. Come on. Many of our black brothers and sisters who over the spans of time have done great things in America and all over the world. But what love does in this, it shows empathy. Abraham Lincoln said this. He said, I am sorry for the man who cannot feel the whip when it is laid on another man's back. You have to be empathetic, not just talking about slavery. and black. You have to be empathetic to what people are going through because you don't know what they're going through. Tony said this in, in men's script the other night. He's a little more empathetic because you don't know what kind of day somebody is having. You might not... I remember I had a guy came into the place where I used to work, and, and we were kind of friends, but not friends. I mean, he was, in a, he was mad, 
And he walked in. He was mad over a flat tire or something. I could have just given him $15 back. But he was mad. And he came up to me, and he started cussing. So I, I, I slowly escorted him to the door. And as I'm doing, I'm talking to him the whole time and just trying to figure out what is going on here, you know. A part of me wanted to punch him in the face. Come on, that's the part, you know, the devil over here and God over here. I wanted to punch him because he was cussing at me. So we walked out the door. He gets in his car and he, he speeds off and rubber flying everywhere. But how I reacted in that situation, about three days later, he came back to me and he said, come here. I see, no, no, no. I saw him pull up. And I was like, oh my gosh, we, it's about to go down. But I met him at the door. He said, come outside here just for a minute. And he said, man, I just want to tell you how sorry I am for the way I acted the other day. I just found out my wife got diagnosed with cancer. He starts going down this list of things he was going through. And man, I'm telling you what, if I would have reacted the way that I wanted to react in my own self, I would have never gotten that back from him. You never know what anyone is going through. So to have empathy. Love is hard work. And it takes effort. Jesus wasn't choosy about who he gave his love to. He gave it to everyone. Number two, love requires sacrifice. This is John 3, 16. If you all don't know any other Bible verse in the Bible, you need to have this one memorized. How many know John 3, 16? How many can quote it? Okay, I'm gonna, everybody come up here. I'm going to give you the mic. No. For God so loved the world that he gave. His only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That kind of love is hard to comprehend. Why? Because it's ba our love is based on what we know. It's based on our past experiences. It's based on our emotions. It's based on the environment that we were raised in. Can I just tell you something? I was raised, there was five kids in my family. I'm the oldest. I'm just going to be vulnerable with you this morning. I saw my mom and dad who were married for 50 years, but I never saw not much love displayed between them. You know, they, they were never going to get a divorce, and I'd heard that before, but there was just so many times they were separated and, and just, you know, just not really for each other. There was no real affection shown, I can remember, and I'm not trying to throw a pity party for myself, but there was no tucking into bed and no saying I love you and, and all of those things. What happened after a while, I carried that into adulthood. I carried that to, to, to a place for me where I was very cold and I, and I had my walls up and I was like, you know what, that's what love is supposed to look like. And, and then I got married to my beautiful wife and, and I started showing her the love that I'd only known from growing up. It's not an excuse because sometimes when you get into adulthood, you have to change some of the things that you once knew. But I'm going to tell you something. Any, any married people in here? Marriage is work. You got to put up with her all the time. She's work. I'm kidding. I'm usually more of the work. Hey, calm down. I finally got an amen from her. But it was work. I had to love her. I, have to, I had to learn, and I'm still learning, how to love her the way that she needs to be loved. Not the way I need to be loved. Hey, guys, let me help you out here. Women's love is different than men's love. Can I get an amen? If you haven't figured that out, long, you haven't been married long enough. 
but I had to figure out. And it was counseling. Yes, we go to counseling. Yeah. It's, it was just working through this thing called marriage. But love costs. Love is never content to offer what costs you nothing. God, in John 3, 16, he gave his best. He gave his only son. He didn't look around heaven and try to find something hidden in a closet or, or some halfway something. He chose the best that he had, and he sent his son. God gave. Love is an impulse to give. He loved us so much. Y'all, gotta, y'all wrap your mind around this one. He loved us so much that he did this. He gave you a choice to love him back. He could have been the dictator. He could have been the one you're going to bow down to me and you're going to do what I tell you to do and, and this. He could have made us all robots and doing what, but he gave us the choice of love to be able to make the choice that we can. God's love is not based on our reputation. Listen to me. It's not based on our past. It's based on our relationship. It's, it doesn't matter what you did last year or last night or, or, or two months ago. God's love is not conditional on that. It's about how close you are in a relationship with him. The level of love grows the closer you get to God. You want to figure out who God is? Start spending more time with him. Start listening and the prayer this morning, sometimes just to be quiet. You want to find out who God is? He's right there. Number three, love requires action. Romans 5.8. I love this. God, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were what? Sinners, Christ died for us. Here's a lie. I have to be perfect before I can come to Jesus. Come to Jesus and he'll make you perfect. That's how it works. Now, will you ever be completely perfect? No, not until we're out of this old body. I can't wait to get my new body. This one's, I'm already sweating. But come to Jesus and he'll change you because it's a process. I'll go to church when I get things together. No, you won't. How many of you said, man, when I get my life together, I'm going to start going to church. And, 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 and a lot of times we say, the church, if I walked into the church, guess what's going to happen? The ceilings are going to fall in on me. Here's what you got. You need to walk into church. You might be surprised what falls on you. It won't be the ceiling. It's going to be the Holy Spirit that's going to fall all over you. You might see some chains fall off of you. You might see some wall. Come on, you got to get excited. You might see something break off of you that you've been carrying your whole life. Come to church because you need us, and we need you. Amen. Jesus set the standard of love throughout his entire ministry, all the way to the cross. He demonstrated. He showed us. He was our example. And what I love about it is God met sinners halfway. Here's the thing. There is work involved in, what, in your relationship with God. He ain't going to do it all. There's a, there is a place where you have to meet God with your heart. And you have to say, God, okay, I know you came all the way from me. Well, I'm going to make my effort to come towards you. He met sinners halfway. And I love this part. He didn't wait till we had it all together. You lost that loving feeling. 
I'm learning. Baby, baby, I get down on my knees for you. Okay. We didn't even practice that but about 30 times, so. That was pretty funny, wasn't it? But seriously, you've lost that loving feeling. You might say, how do I get that back? What in the world can I do to get that feeling that I once had? Revelations 2, 4. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. It says, remember, therefore, for where you have fallen and repent and do the first works. It says fallen. It doesn't say how fast or how slow that happened. It just says fallen. So many times, you know, though, I've fallen and I can't get up. You've fallen, and you can get up. So many times we want to lay in the mud, and we want to lay in the, in the things that, that we always lay in, and God said, you've fallen, but it's time to get back up. Sometimes you have to understand where you have fallen. And, that, and a lot of times you really need to know what caused you to fall. But the good thing about God is this. He allows you turn. You once were going this way, and he allowed you to go back that way. How many are thankful for God's U-turns in life? Oh, man, I blew through every yield sign. I blew through every stop sign. I blew through all kinds of things that God was right there allowing me to come back. Woo! I'm so happy about that. Y'all can tell I'm sweating up in this coat. God allows U-turns. We were talking about Jacob a few weeks ago in men's group. He was a deceiver. He had character issues. But Jacob went back to his first altar. And when he went back, God restored him, and he became the great nation of Israel. We asked how we get it back. This is how we get it back. Jesus has to be the one thing. Psalms 27.4, David said, one thing I have desired of the Lord, and that will I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and behold his beauty and inquire at his temple. Mark 10, 21. He's ta talking to the rich young ruler. He says, then Jesus, looking at him, loved him. And he said to him, one thing you lack Go and sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and take up your cross and follow me. The one thing you lack is what you're trying to hold on to. That's not love. Luke 10, 42. He's talking to, Mar to Martha. He says, one thing is needed and Mary has chosen that good part. Listen to this. Which will not be taken away from her. Sometimes love is just loving and worshiping God. Let's all stand if we would, please.
Let me just tell you a real love story. Those of you online, let me tell you what God did for you. Jesus left heaven to be with us. He left heaven. He left paradise to come down and be with us. He became human so he could feel and experience everything that any of you all are going through right now. Jesus experienced that. He felt it. He healed and he loved people even though some of those would betray him. Even though some of those would walk away from him. Even though he knew that people would ultimately not be there for him. He showed his love when he took a walk to a cross. And he, not, while he was on the cross, he even showed greater love. And he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they're doing. Can I just tell you that? The Bible says Jesus stands and he gives intercession for us right now, today. He's still standing before the Father and said, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. Forgive them, Father, because I'm working on them. I'm working on them, God. Me and the Holy Spirit, we're, we're trying to work this thing out. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. The song we sing here is, you love me as you find me. His love is too good to leave us here. I'm going to ask you this morning, if you would, bow your heads. And let's be reverent to the person standing next to us. If you've not experienced the love of God through salvation, maybe you don't know this love and, and this what I'm talking about. I don't understand this. Maybe you've never given Jesus your heart. If you would, just lift up your hand. I see those hands. Maybe you're just here today and you've kind of just gotten a little cold. We're all guilty of that one. Maybe what, maybe what we just need is God to reignite our fire that we once had, to go back to our first altar. Give us that flame of passion that we used to have. Maybe take that first trip back to when you first got saved and how you felt, man. You weren't telling everybody about Jesus. That love was just flowing over you. And as, as time goes on, it just kind of goes away and, and gets colder and dimmer. God says, I want to take you back to your first love. Maybe that's you. And we're going to be up here. Our prayer team is going to be on the left and on the right. And I'll be up here on, on the left here. If you need prayer, if you want to pray the prayer of salvation, I'd love to be here with you. Let's just let God be God. And let his love shine down upon us this morning. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.